And welcome to the Tormageddon podcast. I am Oscar. Uh, I'm Kenny. And we are your hosts for today. And this is our first episode. Um, so a lot of things are going to get worked out, a lot of kinks. Um, we're going to go over kind of like what to expect from this podcast. Um, this isn't fair because I think you know everything to expect from this podcast. You have a cheat sheet and I'm, I'm flying blind here. I mean, that's part of the, that's part of the fun, you know, you got to go spontaneous <laughs> right here. Yeah. Spontaneous for me, but not so much for you. Got that's it. how it goes, okay. man. And, um, so yeah, actually I, I wanted to start off with uh, a little bit of background. So people know who they're talking to and, um, okay. your, your background is way more interesting than mine. So you don't have mm-hmm. to go into like a crazy detail, but just give us like a little bit of like, uh, how you got, uh, started in the, the business and we're going to dive right in. Yeah. Uh, lots of poor choices, lots of poor choices. Yeah. That's how you end up here. No. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I guess I've kind of always been fascinated by, uh, you know, shows. I, I, I grew up watching, um, you know, going and getting VHS tapes from the library. Uh, am I, does that date me now? Yeah, Have we reached yeah. a place where like people don't know what VHS tapes are? Mm, yeah, I think, oh, okay. I, yeah, I've, I've mentioned VCR before. People don't know what I'm talking right, about. So I'm officially getting into that category. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, 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 you know, I used to go and get VHS tapes for, for concerts like uh, Queen. I Like I vividly remember watching a Queen VHS tape and, I, you know, especially somebody like that, it was super theatrical. It was big. It was over the top even for that time. So I think that's kind of where it all started for me, um, where this addiction to... Uh, the drug that is touring nice. started. And, and I, I know that especially in this business, you know, from the outside looking in from somebody that hasn't been like my whole career hasn't been exactly in the touring or concert or anything like that. But just from the outside looking in, I hear touring, I automatically go to rock or the yeah. genre of rock and roll. Um, and I know you're a big fan or did it start out like that? Or it was just kind of like a, uh, you just wanted to follow what the the genre that you really related to. Yeah, I think um, maybe it's kind of uh, it, it was like oh something shiny because uh, because literally that's what it was. Um, yeah, I mean I've always been a, a rock fan. I mean again grew up listening to Queen. Um, I had all older cousins, mm. uh, so I hung out with them, and so that was uh, you know it was a lot of Motley Crue, it was a lot of Guns and Roses mm. stuff like that. So that's kind of what I grew up on. Um, I mean, if we're being honest, I kind of grew up in central Florida is kind of like, uh, I guess I could say white trash. That's kind of, <laughs> you know, like, but that's kind of where it was. So it was yeah, definitely yeah. on the weekends. It's, uh, you know, pickup trucks, tailgates, uh, and, uh, guns and roses playing on, on my cousin's truck radio. So nice. that's kind of, kind of what I got, uh, got brought up in. And then I don't know, it, it kind of always tugged at me. I, I went to as I started kind of going through high school, I ended up, I was going to be a music major and that was kind of the path that, uh, I was headed on. Um, and then, uh, I joke with my wife all the time. I, I saw Mr. Holland's opus and went, yeah, I'm not going to be a high school teacher for the rest <laughs> of my life. I need to do something else. Um, and so all, all through high school and stuff, I kind of, you know, uh, did all the auditorium stuff and, theater things and all this stuff. I was kind of like the guy that did those things. And then it just, I don't know, it just kind of happened. Like it, 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 
you feel like it should have a more interesting, cooler kind of thing, epiphany moment. It, it, it just kind of happened. There were just kind of all these little choices that I made throughout throughout life that kind of got me there that, yeah. you know, I ended up on a tour bus. Right. Um, you know, and at, at some point during my career, I ended up doing some cool stuff with some pretty cool people. Yeah. And, and uh, it's funny because when you start out, especially looking at something that you not into it yet. Like for example, looking at other people, other tours, other bands, um, you have a certain perspective of, or a certain expectation of what it is or what you think it's going to be. But yeah. once you start actually going on these tours and you start doing the work and you realize that it's a grind, it's not as, it's not as oh, glamorous yeah. as what you expected it to be. Or was it? Oh, there's definitely parts that are not glamorous. Right. Uh, you know, there's, Especially festival season. Festival season is never glamorous. Uh, you know, it's the bus pulls up, you open up the door, you step outside of the bus, and you you know sink into three foot of mud because it's been raining all weekend. Yeah. Uh, so there's definitely parts that aren't Jeez. glamorous. Uh, you, I think the thing, and I think most people that have toured will agree with this. I think the thing that probably we all get addicted to, uh, or that we really latch onto, is there's kind of this sense um, of family that you. Yeah. develop yeah. yeah and i think i think some of it is because of all the not glamorous stuff right kind of all end up forming this trauma bond together um you know <laughs> that's where the bond, best bonds are made yeah right? i mean it's because it's the show starts at seven o'clock regardless so it doesn't matter what goes wrong the this stuff has to be up. It has to work. Right, right so there's this um level of stress that happens um and you really do develop kind of this familial relationship with everybody um, because, you you know, you're living on a bus with, you know, 11 other dudes. Uh, yeah. You're, you know, week in, week out. If you're weekend warrior, I mean, it's it, it's still roughly the same. I mean, you're home maybe two, three days a week, but the yeah. rest of the time you're you're shoved in this tin can with 11, 11 other people. people. Yeah. Yeah, that could get a little... Um, claustrophobic to say the least. Oh, uh, it gets a little uh, middle school boys locker room sometimes too. The smell, you know, it has to. It's yeah. especially like dudes. Um, are there are there usually because from what I've seen so far, I've only seen like one girl on an actual. Yeah, at least on like the the concerts that I've been to or worked at. Um, you know, I've only seen one girl at a yeah at, at the rest maybe two, but um yeah there was like two on that one and. I, it's, I thought it was usually just guys. No, I, I think in the, especially in the last several years, uh, women in the industry have, it's become a growing thing. And I think it's great. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of chicks out there that I, that I've worked with that are killer. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, at the end of the day, I think it's all about passion and drive. And so, uh, you know, I can think off the top of my head, several of kind of, people that I would go, Hey, who would fill in for me? And they're not dudes, you know? Right. right. Uh, no, I get that. So I get that. there's, um, there's something that they're able to do that, you know, bring to the table that, uh, guys don't usually. Yeah. I think uh, there's a perspective. I think, yeah. And I don't know if that's a, uh, gender role thing i don't know I, i'm gonna be careful getting too far down know, that road. it's 2023 yeah uh but <laughs> uh, i think there definitely is there's a an attention to detail that i think that um uh, a lot of the the women in the industry that i've met that definitely have way more attention to detail than i do uh, yeah yeah 100 uh, but some of the some of the 
really kick-ass designers that are out there, women. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, I think it's it's a growing thing. I think it needs to happen more. Uh, I think they they definitely face because this was kind of a dude's industry for a long time. I mean, going way back into the day, it was kind of yeah. you know uh, that was a standard. It was just yeah, guys well, working. Well, because a lot of it, I mean, from what I see, is like a lot of labor manual yeah work. Um, so it's like you know you, you know, and it's again, I'm talking like you know what the standard has been since you know. 80s, 70s, you know, the old yeah. thing. It's, it's just a guy yeah, has cut to off, do that part. Cut off shorts and uh, the white tube socks. You know, uh, and like, dudes. It, it's, not, it's not glamorous. So like, a, 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 why would a woman want to be in a tour bus stuck with like 10 yeah. dudes? And I, it's I just don't want to be on a tour bus stuck with 10 dudes. You know what I mean? So it's like, a woman's not going to do it. So you would think that that's uh, going for that. But no, I've seen it and it's like, um, you know, I, I think the best show that I've seen so far has had women working on, yeah. on the tour. Uh, like the last one that um, we went to or the one that I, I went to with you. Uh, it was, um, I, I thought it was one of the best ones that I've seen so far. Uh, fantastic stuff. Um, so just to give a little bit of background of, of uh, me, I'm actually the uh, videographer slash uh, media guy for Elite Multimedia. Um, and coming from a, uh, again not a solely working on tour or music or stuff like that and to be honest man like i'm not even uh like concerts i think i've only been to like two and they were like free like somebody gave me the tickets to that's go that's the only way i go to them you know what i mean so free. so it was just it, it, it just wasn't a thing i shouldn't say that <laughs> literally that's how i make my living but. <laughs> you know what i mean and it's like and i think that, that that actually works in my favor because um i have i'm i'm a I can completely detach myself from what I'm looking at yeah. from, you know, from like being like in the audience or being starstruck or anything like that. And I could actually have that like, you know, outside perspective and look at, Oh, I could get this and that where as I wouldn't have it if I was really into it. Um, yeah. Well, I think it's funny you say that because that's kind of the thing you get from people on the outside. Um, when you kind of talk to him and oh, this gotta be so cool. You get to, you know, it's like, it's, it's a job, man, just like everything else. And you don't really get starstruck. You know, again, you, yeah. you live on buses with these people, um, smaller tours, you might be on the bus with the artist. Yeah. Uh, they're all just people. So it's, you know, you get up every morning you do your gig and you try to get it done as fast as possible and get back on the bus. But yeah. it is, it is, um, you do have to kind of have this detached mentality because people that don't and start in this industry, they, they generally don't last long because of that. Cause you really kind of have to have that separation. You, you can't be starstruck. You can't, you know, yeah. you, you can't go bothering the artist, that kind of stuff. And if you right. do, you're not last, you're not going to last long. Yeah. And that's, you know, to touch back on what you said, like most people will say that, like they'll be like, Hey, I'm working, I'm working at this, you know, we're doing, I'm going to this concert, working on this tour whatever. Oh my God, that's fantastic. That's so awesome. You must love your job. And it's like you do, but you know, you, you it's not as glamorous as you think it is. And, um, uh, for the most part, I think that's, uh, you know, also the traveling, yeah. um, is a big deal. And I, you know, I remember the first time I I spoke to some of the guys that were on tour, they were talking about how sometimes they go six months at a time 
Yeah. And I think that's like the shorter end of some of these toys. Yeah, I mean, uh, especially when you get into the pop world, you know, uh, I mean, think about Taylor Swift's out right now. She's playing yeah. multiple nights in multiple cities, uh, you know, so those those guys are not going home. I mean, they're... So would you say that the more popular the artist, the longer the tour would be? Yeah. That's insane. What's what's the longest one you've uh, run you've been on? Um, I, I want to say consecutively, it, it was probably about five months. I think there was like a 10 day break. Five the, months? Yeah. Straight? Yeah. The well, road. there was like a 10 day break in the middle. Okay. But I, I'll call it for the most part, it was. I mean, 10 days compared to five months is not, yeah, it, not even a fraction. Well, it's yeah, a very small fraction. It didn't feel like any time off. Yeah. So I bet. I'm pretty sure my parents visited during that 10 days. So oh, it, it definitely man. didn't feel like time off. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. Um, you just want to chill and relax. Yeah. Well, and that's, so that's the hard part. And I, um, I'm sure I'm not alone in this. And this was a reason that I didn't do well in weekend warrior touring is kind of, you have to shift gears when you come home, or at least I do. And I've talked to other guys that have similar issues. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to shift gears when you come home. And it, it would take me a couple of days to kind of go back know, to default. Yeah. yeah. Reacclimate. Cause you're, I mean, you, your life literally changes when you're out there, you know, you're, catering is breakfast is at eight, you know, lunch is up at noon or one dinner's up at five. And you kind of just go through these motions and you, you have a schedule and I would come home and I, I I wouldn't feed myself because I'm just, right. You're you're expecting (laughs) for like lunch call. Right. I'm waiting for catering to be up. Um, and it, it causes other issues too, not to get too heady, but I mean, you know, if you're married, that's, that's a whole thing. You know, my wife struggled with that. It's, And again, you're you're kind of being a jerk because you're trying to come back home. And if you're a weekend warrior tour, by the time I would get acclimated to being home, yeah. it was time to leave again. Right, right, right. So right. the the two or three days that she got of me, yeah, it's kind of a jerk. Like I because I <laughs> I was just you were still in weird, tour mode. Yeah, I was in this weird limbo. Yeah. So it's it, you know, it has some rippling effects. Um, and it's almost like time stopped. Yeah. And then it, it's well, just it, does, it does for you, but it doesn't for everybody else. And that's a ba- and that's the part that really right. uh, messes with you. Yeah. Right? You know, cause you know, I come home and for me in my head, home was exactly the way it was when I left. Well, five months goes by. That's not the case anymore. Oh yeah. You know, I, I mean, I was just thinking about the, the, the weekend part. It just oh, imagine yeah. five months. It's, it'll just be like, Hey man, did you watch that game last week? It's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh yeah. No, you, you, you definitely get disconnected. It's real easy to get disconnected. Yeah, um, especially, you know, if you're, if you're grinding pretty hard, some of these tours, especially maybe kind of a, a smaller mid range tour where you're, you're really humping it all day long. It's, yeah. it's hard to carve out time to talk to people of course, on the phone, depending on where you are in the world, you know, it's hard to talk to people. So you're, you're trying to get in those, those couple of minutes here and there yeah. to talk to people. Um, and sometimes your choices are get a f- couple of minutes to yourself finally yeah. and kind of, you know, have a rest or get on the phone and talk to somebody else. And so those can kind of be stressful decisions, I guess. 100%. I mean, I just, I'm not in a tour like that, but I, I just go on some of these, you know, sometimes we have to travel for these things like, you know, three, four days. And that's not even, that's nothing compared to five months or yeah. anything like of the sort. And I'll come back home and I'll feel like what you're talking about, not to that big scale, but just like, I'm like, oh man, I'm, I'm back again. I got to get acclimated again. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'll talk to my wife about this. She's 
she's referring to something that happened over the uh, right. past couple of days. I have no idea what she's talking about. Yep. I'm like, you know, our conversation. I mean, we do have more to talk about, but then it's like the kids also, they're like, you know, trying to play with me, trying to do this. And I'm like, oh, that's right. I have children, you know, get yeah. back to that. And that was only a few days and so much happened in those days. I could just imagine that, that long. Yeah, I think of it, it's kind of like, you know, when you're together, you're kind of moving on this track together. And then when you go off and, and get on tour, you know, yeah. you go out, the tracks start moving at different speeds. Yeah. And so when you get back, it takes a while for everything to kind of sync back up. And there's this this weird That's a good analogy. in between. Yeah. It's a good analogy. But it, it can definitely be rough. You know, it's, um, there's, you know, I, it's terrible. There's a lot of guys out there that uh, relationships don't work because of that. I um, bet. You I know, bet that's like a common issue within the industry. It has yeah, to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that it, you know, I'm sure there's some statistic out there, but it, it's definitely yeah. tough, um, you know, and it's a it's a tough thing to give up. When you get out there, mm. it, it, bec- it again, that whole kind of camaraderie, you build this family relationship with all these people. It's really, really tough you know, if someone gave you the ultimatum to, hey, it's either me or that. Right. That's a tough thing to, you know, I experienced that. It was. Oh, you experienced the ultimatum? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Uh, you know, we we had a series of very unfortunate events happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't home to to help deal with those things. And it, it was kind of the straw that broke the camera. And she's 100 yeah. percent right. You know, it was it, it was a great move for me. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know what I was going to do. Right. Like this, this was what I've done forever. Right. Right. And you kind of look at it and go, well, is this a marketable skill anywhere else? Like, right. Right. You like know. I, had, I haven't even looked outside this industry. Right. Let me, does it even, is there yeah. anything I could, yeah. Or how do I, how do I convince people that all these skills that I have are marketable <laughs> in some other place? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I wear uh, black shorts and uh, I can, you know, I can do all this stuff in six hours. Nobody cares about that. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's a hard thing to walk away from, uh, yeah. because it kind of starts to become your identity a little bit. You have a family there. It It's a tough thing to walk away from. Now would that, cause I see that a lot and talking to a bunch of guys, I could see that a lot of people, or at least the industry is very, uh, the circle is very small. Yeah. Compared to other industries. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and I was at first, I'm like, maybe there's like, a, like the entry to this industry is not as wide open or is not as popular anymore. Or could it be a bit of like, kind of just people kind of look out for each other, almost like a, I yeah. was going to say a, a remark, but I don't know how that's going to go over. Uh, but you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's just kind of like a, yeah. a, a circle. This is us. We'll keep it in here. You're my friend. Hey, what do you think about yeah, this there's, job? There's definitely, um, it is definitely a small world. Um, right. Doing, doing things poorly or doing things to wrong other people in this circle. It, yeah. it, it will definitely get around. Yeah. Um, but with that, it, yeah, it, I, I think we have this problem right now in the industry too, where post COVID we lost a lot of guys um, that, you know, went on to other things and stuff like that. Right. And so now trying to get new people in, it is kind of this weird thing that's happening because yeah. we are, I think we are kind of shut off to everybody else kind of coming in because we, we get, um, we, we know who we're comfortable with and we know who we want to work with and, right. you know, Right. Um, 
but it, it, it and I think that's another cool part though, is cause I can run into you for the first time on tour mm-hmm. and I guarantee you that we know four or five people. And right. Within, like, yeah, you guys within are kind of the same people. Yeah. So that's a, that's a super cool aspect. Um, as far as it being, uh, closed off in like comparatively now versus, you know, before, yeah. before maybe, I don't know. I mean, you brought up COVID and I think that's a, a big thing that, Changed yeah. not only, I mean, I'm sure it changed other industries, but this industry specifically because huge, you have to deal with events that are happening, you have to attend in person, and you know, you couldn't do that anymore. People automatically, well, they don't know what the future is going to hold for that industry, right. so they I'm assuming a lot of them were like, All right, well, this stinks, so yeah. what am I going to do now? Because I don't know how this is going to have, I don't know what my job security is anymore, and a lot of talent might have left the industry because of that. And now they have this like uh new guys coming in mm-hmm. and they're not experienced. And then what happens is that like weird dichotomy where it's like, all right, well you're not experienced. Dichotomy, big word. You know I mean? And and then it's like, you don't know what it's like, I'm not going to hire you because you don't have the same experience as this other guy that's been doing it for like 20 years. And then it's like, well, how that, how is that person going to learn? And I guess, you know, you could argue that that's the problem in a lot of industries anyways. But I would say specifically with this one, since it's a lot of connections and yeah. who you know. Well, and it's, um, I mean, you're you're exactly right because, and it, I think it was made worse after COVID because like the dollars weren't there. Right. So whereas before maybe it's like, hey, I could hire the guy I want, and then I could hire this guy on as a second, and kind of he could. Oh, okay. You know. Cause, yeah, yeah. Because now, kind of being outside of the touring industry and doing some more of the corporate shows and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, that's a that's a thing that we would generally do is, hey, I've got my A list guy. Yeah. And. I've got these other guys that maybe work in the shop or right. other guys that we kind of want to bring up and we're going to send them on as a second and we can make all those numbers work. Well, post COVID those numbers, you know, financially people were not spending the kind of money right. they were before. Of course. So that gets harder to do. Um, the other thing that I think shifted uh, for us was we've never shut down like this. Right. Like nothing like that has has impacted the industry in such a way. Because, I mean, the kind of the accepted knowledge is that this industry is recession proof. Right. Clearly, we're not like global plague proof um, (laughs) because we found that out the hard way. Yeah. So there was there was definitely, you know, there was a lot of guys. If they were A-list guys, they're A-list guys for a reason because they're problem solvers. They think through issues. Right. um, And so they found other ways to make money. And then because it wasn't like the tap just got turned right back on, it was this kind of slow trickle back on those guys were slow to come back. Right. Uh, and with reason, I mean, they, they watched their entire industry just shut down yeah. in a matter of days. Right. Right. So, it, you know, it, there was a really rough time trying to find people to gig, you know, and right. then there was, you know, we had all the kind of, um, help from the government as far as we were extending, you know, unemployment or adding more. And if you worked a day, you could lose that. So you had guys wanting to come out and gig, but that was only one gig. And so they, they can't risk giving up everything else, you know, as far as that unemployment money for this one show, even though they would much rather be doing that. Right. Right. And that's a funny thing you say, because, um, you know, 
it is, I would imagine it is recession proof just because, you know, people want, always want to have, yeah, have a good time and enjoy well, themselves. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a form of escapism. Right. You know, that's kind of what we, it's kind of the drug we peddle is, yeah. uh, you know, you kind of want to forget about your problems. Even go if it's for a couple hours. Yeah. You I want to go to a show. Right. And then COVID just completely turned that upside down. Yep. Um, and then the ones that were able to pivot were the ones that came out winning. And um, yeah. I think that's one of the things about um, Elite that I've really, um, you know, respected just how they were able to navigate yeah. and, and still come out on the other side. And I'm sure it was, you know, it was difficult and things like that. There's a lot of hiccups that came about. But from your experience, what um, what do you think was the one thing that kind of really, what, what separates them from the rest? I think there's a couple things. I mean, when when that happened, I mean, the room we're sitting in right now is a is a demo space mm-hmm. uh, for our for us and our sister company, Pixelflex. Shout out to Pixel Pixelflex. Pixel um, <laughs> we, we could scroll them across. <laughs> Bing. Right there. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that so obviously we weren't doing demos a whole lot because right. uh, you know, and I, at one point we weren't even allowed to occupy the office. I think. Oh, really? Uh, like there was a, a city ordinance or something. So oh, right. So you, n- nobody so could like come nobody in. could even come into the to the office. Um, so, but shortly after, kind of all that's kind of the dust settled, and we kind of knew where we were going to be for the quote unquote long term. Um, the production management staff just kind of started getting together and going, "Okay, what do we do?" Right. And upper management kind of. I guess I could say they kind of gave us carte blanche to just figure this out. How do how do we bring dollars in? And so we turned this room into uh, a live streaming space. Um, mm. I won't say that it was like the creme de la creme. You know, we used what we had. Right. Um, I want to say we were probably one of the first ones. I'm I'm sure that somebody will correct me and tell me. Oh my no, you were number three. <laughs> yeah, um, right. But I, I want to say that we were one of the first ones that kind of kind of jumped on that model, nice. you know. And we had people, we had a lot of artists in here. You know, I, I think we Casey Musgraves came in and did some stuff. Nice. Um, a lot of the like morning talk shows and stuff like that. They weren't flying people out there right. to do the music segments, so those artists were having to find places in town to do them. So we did uh, several of those. Oh, so they would perform. So they would perform here, and then they would just send that recording to Good Morning America or you know whatever. I think like we were on Fallon. Oh, we did. No. We we ended up being on several of those throughout the course of that. But it's insane. I kind of jumped the shark and didn't really answer your question about what makes us different. Uh, we're just super smart. Okay. That's what makes well, us Well, no, different. you did answer. I mean, that's basically, it's like, it, cause a lot of people will, and a lot of businesses will tend to do, and you know, it's like a human thing is like, they'll tend to shut down and like, Oh, well, let's write it out. See what happens. Yeah. Um, but it's like, no, it's like, you know, you said it, you're definitely one of the first. So it's like that, um, that culture to actually give you guys the, encouragement to like, all right, guys, let's problem solve our way out of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and I think, um, uh, you know, our leadership definitely is, it's that man mentality. It's, you know, let's, let's look at the problem. Let's solve the problem. Let's work the problem. Right. Um, so there, I would say for the most part, you know, we're not kind of people, uh, that just kind of freeze. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, they say fight or flight, but the, there's a third one in there and there's freeze. Mm. Uh, and a lot of people, 
you know, freeze, when, yeah. when faced with that kind of situation, freeze. So, yeah. Uh, like, I think we built this room out in literally like two days. Really? You know, when we, yeah, this I mean, this is a big room. I don't know if you guys could tell from the camera, but this yeah, is and so it was, it was this house. I want to say this room, it's, it's like 97. I think it's like close to 100 by 50 or something like that. Yeah. So we did one half of it. Um, and so cameras were all on this side, stage and everything were that side. And there were multiple iterations of it. The first one was super simple. Yeah. We kind of just got stuff up to make it, you know, make it look halfway decent on camera. And then as as we progressed, like we built a stage in here that was lined in LED. We had, you know, yeah, all kinds of other stuff that we added. But for the most part, you know, I think our management here, our leadership here, it, it really is about solving the problem. Let, yeah. let, let's just get together. Let's solve the problem. Yeah, no. And it's like, uh, you know, what, what, we're in 2023. Um, that was like three years ago. And you yeah. can still see how that's affected in, in a positive way, you know, like how decisions are made and all that. Mm-hmm. And um, and the new kind of, um, I, I guess you could call it a approach that they take on like different jobs. Like you could just see that uh, right yeah. away. And what I want to ask you was like, what are like the, the soft, cause we know you got the hard skills yeah. to do the job and do what you do and, and, and all that. But like, what were the soft skills that really Ooh. helped you make the jump from, you know, to where you are, like from where you started from where you are right now? <laughs> cause there's definitely, you know, definitely underrated, but I think it's definitely one of those things where yeah, it, it was important. I'll be completely honest with you. Soft skills was a term that I did not understand before coming. You're not the only one, man. I'm sure that's like a, I think that's like a more recent term now too. Well, it's just, you know, I'm sure that I had plenty of quote unquote soft skills while touring, but it's just not something you think about. Right. Uh, Cause you know, other than the guys that I'm on a bus with every day, the, the people that I'm quote unquote leading throughout the day during, I'm never going to see them again. Right. You know, or, or it's going to be a, it's going to be a while before I see them again. Right. Right. So, uh, I'm not overly concerned with building a relationship and having, you know, right. Um, so there were some things that you had to kind of yeah. obviously like pivot from and, uh, just, Oh, oh yeah. You can't I mean, do that anymore. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. There's, there's definitely things that you, uh, I think on the road, you can kind of be a bull in a China shop sometimes to just power your way through things. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't work when you have to see those same people day in, day out. Yeah. Uh, you have to, you know, you, you know, every problem can't be a nail. Right. Uh, right. You have so, to kind of like malleable. And yeah. Extent. You got to kind of learn how to deal with some of that. And it, that was a journey for me. I mean, the last, I think I, I lucked out. It was like perfect timing. I came off the road, um, I made the decision in the beginning of, of 19 and I, I think I started here in August of 19. Wow. Um, so you just like right, literally right just there. slid in right at the right time. Um, Meant to be, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it definitely was. Uh, but so these, these couple of years, it's definitely been a journey for me and it, it was a hard transition again this idea of a nine to five job Monday through Friday, the corporate yeah, side of it. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a, that was a hard thing to get used to. Cause the touring is anything but corporate. Oh, yeah. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean, I, I think corporate's definitely uh, squeezed in there. It is not what it was in the sixties and seventies. Uh, right. But you know, right. for the most part it is, I, I will say they're the closest thing to pirates that are left. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we plant our flag in one city and yeah. sail to another one. And, you know, 
Um, but the soft skill journey was definitely a thing that I'm, that I'm still going through. I mean, you can read so many books. Yeah. Uh, it will never prepare you quite, uh, quite enough. To, quite enough to handle the, well, that it's definitely, side of it. it's definitely when you, you know, especially when you start managing other people. Yeah. Uh, because, and, and I, I think in touring, there's a lot of similar personalities. Cause like, if you want to do that, yeah. I, I think you have a certain personality. Right, right. When you leave that, you learn that there are other personalities and they are not like yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so that that has been a big thing for me to learn is how, how do I respond to people? Um, right. Things that don't matter to me matter to other people and, and matter a lot to other people. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just for me, maybe that's not a thing. You know, right, right. Um, but it is a thing to somebody else, and that's important. Right. Take, um, stepping into other people's shoes. Yeah. Taking other people's point of view. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Uh, so that's it's it's still a journey for me. We'll put it, that, we'll put it that. Way. You're not quite hundred percent there yet, but you're on your way. I don't think I'll ever be hundred percent there. Uh, but I, I don't know that anybody can be hundred percent. I was gonna there. say I don't. Th- it's like one of those like perfection things. It's yeah. like you're never gonna really get there, but just you trying to get there or just better it. It's gonna make you that much better. And I could see it in you know from a personal uh, take on it. I could see that your your leadership style has you know been able to navigate that you know uh, corporate-y, but still you're still relatable to the people you work or that are under you and that you manage. Um, so it's almost like, yeah, he's my boss, but, um, I don't feel like I'm being hovered over if that makes any sense. Yeah. I, I'm not micromanaged. I'm not like, I'm not like mad men type of yeah, I can't style. Do, I, can't, I can't do that. You know what I mean? And, and I that's could, the thing. I couldn't function that way. Right. I don't think anybody can really. Yeah. Uh, well but, they can, but they, they shouldn't tolerate that. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's a thing that I've learned is, for me personally, I just kind of need to know uh, what pasture I get to play in. Just yeah. tell me, tell me where the fence is, and then I'll go do my thing. But there are some people that kind of need a checklist. Right, that's okay. That's not me. Even that can be a little bit much for me. Yeah. Um, and so learning kind of how okay, this group of people needs this. This group of people needs this, and then yeah. everybody can be successful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, over just hovering over people, man. I, I can't do it. So good, man. So good. It's like, it's like, um, kind of reminds you of like, it's like your parents, you know, it's like the yeah. one thing that you didn't like about your parents that they were always on your case. And it's like, you get out of that and now you have a job and now you have some other person doing <laughs> the same thing. It's like, yeah, yeah oh, the man. difference is I get a paycheck, but at what point is it worth the, I was going to say, at what point does the paycheck really yeah. offset the, that, disgusting feeling you get when you go to work. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's, I want to make sure that everybody has the tools they need to do their job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want you to go off and do your job. Right. You know, and if, if you, if I'm not giving you the tools, I'll come find me. Let's talk about it. Right. Um, you're and, there, you're there every, you're there every yeah. step of the way. As you and, should and there's be. obviously, there's some nuance to that. You know, that statement's pretty broad, but there, and there's some nuance to that. True. You know, that's true. Um, maybe there's some more follow up on my end to make sure you have those tools, but right, I right, right. Of kind course. of looking at the broad picture, it's, yeah. what do you need? I'll get you those things you need. And, you know, I had a boss early on kind of in between some touring time, I worked for a broadcasting company, a television broadcasting company. And I had a boss and he wasn't an overly, overly technical guy. 
like at all, but he was probably one of the best bosses I ever had. And mm. kind of his thing was I exist to remove obstacles. Like That's that awesome. is, that is my whole job is I exist to remove obstacles and he was great at it. It's a breath of fresh air, man. Yeah. And so I, I try to take that approach somewhat. Um, you know, not every obstacle can be moved. Yeah. Not every obstacle is mine to move. Right. Right. Um, but I try to look at it through that lens. Uh, I think the more colorful uh, version of that that I've heard is uh, being a shit umbrella. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm just there to make sure that it doesn't get on everybody else. There you go. Um, that's that's a fantastic <laughs> analogy, though. Like I could so, totally picture that. Yeah. Um, you know, because if they're dealing with all the other kind of shenanigans, yeah, they're not doing their job. Right. 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 So. Yeah, definitely. So let's let's move into just because I know that in this is the first episode and people are going to want to know anyways. And at, at least we could check back and be like, all right, we talked about that in the first episode. So you got to you gotta explain the shirt, man. I mean, I'm sure nobody will oh. notice as much, but um, yeah. maybe they will. But you have to, like, what, what, what goes on behind? So two things. You got to explain the shirt. Okay. And usually people have nicknames on the road. Oh, I learned man. that. And they all have that. And yours isn't yours isn't anything explicit, so yeah. I'm like, I, we, we, I have to ask you about this. <laughs> okay. So like, if you could break it down for us. Uh, so a there is um, an LD that everybody, anybody, every everybody knows this guy. Uh, shout out to Cosmo. Okay. Lighting, um, lighting director. Yeah. Uh, he's been with Aerosmith forever. Super nice guy. Um. And so he, like, if you see any photos of Cosmo, he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Mm. Um, so I say all that to say I didn't steal it for him from him, or it was not my intention. Uh, it actually happened when I was out with Sammy Hagar, uh, myself, and our front of house guy. At, at one point, just decided to kind of be ridiculous. Yeah, uh, and uh, we. We used to do funny stuff in the back lounge. Like we would go buy feather boas. We'd have weird hats, and it would just force kind of props. Yeah, yeah, and then it just kind of migrated out. Yeah, and so uh, Ace and I got. Uh, I think we went to Walmart, and randomly there were just Hawaiian shirts. Like we didn't have a plan of what we were going to get, but there were Hawaiian shirts, so we got Hawaiian shirts. Nice, and then it just kind of stuck from there. Uh, and then so every show that I've done. I've worn a Hawaiian shirt. I actually have one of the last artists I was with. I have a Hawaiian shirt with his face on it. Like it's peppered. Oh, all, I, all oh I've seen those. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> like uh, so it's like, like peppered all over that nice. shirt. So I've just kind of always, it's kind of uh, my show attire is uh, camouflage shorts and a Hawaiian shirt. It's fantastic. That's yeah. your shtick, man. It, it is definitely like, shtick. Like Picasso book. said, good artists copy, great artists steal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we'll steal it all day long. That's what I'm saying. Sorry, Cosmo. <laughs> so, and then um, your nickname on tour, what was it? Just for the for everybody listening. <laughs> so it was a, it was another uh, honorific that was uh, brought brought to you by the the fine crew on Sammy Hagar, uh, it was, it's flounder flounder. Yeah. Uh, so it comes from, uh, animal house, animal house flounder. Yeah. So he was the chubby kid. Yeah. Uh, that was in the movies and he's like, uh, at the very end when they go after Nita Meyer, he walks in the store and he's like, I have 10,000 marbles, please. Oh, okay. Yeah. Th that was him. He, yeah, they call yeah. him flounder. So his nickname was flounder. I I honestly don't know how I don't remember how it happened. Yeah, uh, I do remember 
that's the beginning of every nick good nickname stories like i don't know how it yeah, happened but it just it happened. stuck with me yeah uh, I'm sure there were things that we can't talk about. Like, like that's how <laughs> we got to the place that it happened. Yeah. Uh, but I do remember, I'm pretty sure Ace is, uh, Ace and Jim are the two that uh, kind of decided this. Yeah. Pretty sure we were watching Animal House in the back lounge. Nice. Uh, and it was either Ace or Jim that said that that was going to be my nickname. And when I said why, uh, he just said, why not? That's and, the, and that that's was the best that's the best an- question answer to anything. It's yeah. Why not? Yeah. So there's, um, I think on my big work box, there's literally a, a giant picture of flounder. Which is another there. thing. Everybody has a work box and yep. I'm kind of digging that. Um, so running up on the end of this episode, is there anything, any final thoughts that, um, that you'd like to share with us? And I don't know. I feel like we were kind of all over the place. I hope when we get this in the can, uh, it's cohesive since this is the first one. It's always cohesive. 100%. Uh, so I read it. Uh, actually, I think uh, Ben, one of our uh, production managers, account managers, sent me this thing that said if we make it to 21 episodes, yeah, we're like in the top like 5%. Oh, yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was like less than that. Well, so apparently it's like 98% of podcasts don't make it past one episode. Really, ninety eight, something like Jeez. that, and then like of that leftover percentage, yeah. like only you know two or three percent of that or something make it to twenty one episodes. That's crazy. So that's our goal: is we have to make it to at least twenty one, and then we can just quit after the twenty one. Yeah, after episodes. Tw- episode twenty one drops, we can just quit. And we can just quit just to say we beat because the statistic. Right, we're we're like in the top. I like that man. That's a challenge. Ever. That's um, a challenge right there. No, I I I don't know that I have anything to say. I I hope we. I hope we make it to 21. I believe we will make it to 21. I feel like we've managed to do this whole thing. I don't think there was a lot of dead air. No, I don't think there was any dead air, really. I think I kept the cussing and the ums to a minimum. So the that's a win for me. That is a win. I'm sure I'm sure that'll change when we have some other people in here. But, um, you know, it, it, as long as we, you know, give give the good stuff, it, yeah. it, it'll be good to go. You know what I mean? I think at some point we're going to have the CEO on this show. Can yeah. we call it a show? Is it a show now? I think it's officially a show. Okay. I think it's officially so a show. At some once, point, once we hit the, the intro music, it was a show. It was a show. It yeah. Was a show. I, uh, shout out to Road for the killer <laughs> killer intro music. Killer intro they, music, man. They the stock intro music. Uh, yeah. So I think we're gonna have we're gonna have the CEO on it's uh probably one of the next few. Yes. Um, and then we've got uh we've got a couple other people already kind of lined up, some industry people, some LDs, some uh maybe uh, We've talked to a couple artists, yeah. so maybe we'll have some artists on. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, we're going to have a lot of uh, different perspectives on the industry and a lot of names that you may know and may not know behind yeah. the scenes um, and that make it, make it happen. And uh, I think this will definitely give people a different perspective of what goes on behind the scenes and the things that happen behind the scenes yeah. to make such... Absolutely. Such a... Uh, like, I would say amazing events happen. So uh, that's one of the things. I also feel like I should like pitch my book coming up or my, like my stand up special at Zanies. You should like, man, like uh, at the end of this, I'm, I feel, you he's going to be please, at Caroline's all week. Yeah. <laughs> please check out my book. It comes out June 1st. Yeah. Um, no, I do not have a book. Nobody wants to read that. Uh, um, no, I think this has been great. Yeah. It's been fantastic. Um, so yeah, so we're going to end the episode here. Um, stay tuned. 
Um, you know, this episode may or may not make it. I may or may not cut this out. And, um, you know, yeah. the, the whole point is to be organic and um, show you guys everything that we got. Love it. All right. So uh, thanks for listening. And until next time, you already know who it is. Uh, Tor McGeddon and we're signing out.